Sagabits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Look, it's a giant talking egg. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the master here. So what's up? Hello and welcome to Sega Talk. I'm Barry. With me is George. Hello, everyone. And you are listening to a brand new podcast from Segabits.com. Uh, I and George here, we run the site, we write the site, we just we do just about everything. We tell people to do things for the site. Um, and we we decided that we wanted to get back into the podcasting game. We do have the Segabits Swing and Report show. It's still alive. But um, I think you guys I, I think you guys would believe us when we say it's very hard to get interviews sometimes. Um, and so, you know, we want to keep something going through your ears while you wait for the next uh, Swing and Report show. So we also have this show going on. And this show, as the title states, is Sega Talk, where we talk about Sega. Specifically, we're going to be talking about games. Uh, we might also cover historical events, uh, big moments in Sega history, like maybe a console launch. We might cover consoles, you know, who knows. Um, and of course, our listeners, if they have ideas, we'd love you to share them. But uh, kicking things off, we're going to be talking about a very, very, very popular, very important game in Sega history. What's that game, George? Outrun. Outrun. And wh- why do you think Outrun is a good pick for this first episode? I think it's a good pick because it's like, I think this is like the big leap in super scalar graphics. Like, as much as I liked Hang On and I liked. Um, uh, Space Harrier, they were kind of repetitive in like their level design. Like it was almost like the like the way that the art direction went in this game. And there's just a, some nostalgia factor, like beach summer, especially in during. I, I mean, I didn't grow up during the. I mean, '86, obviously, I wasn't born, but it's interesting to like I, to like play this game, and it gives you a nostalgia feeling, even though you weren't there. I think it's just the way the game was designed, which we'll get into when we talk about it. But yeah, that's why I think it's an interesting game to start with. It's also a very accessible game. I think anyone can relate to driving a car. And it's not dated. I don't think it's dated. I mean, yeah, the the main character looks a little 80s. (laughs) And the car is definitely an 80s model. But, you know, you could replace the car with a modern car. It would still be the same great game. I mean, it's dated in the way that it's it's from that era. But it's kind of like... Everybody was watching that new show, Stranger Things, and it was set in the 80s, but nobody's, everybody was like, it just felt like I was watching a show, but it was just the 80s, and it didn't make a big deal. It was just a good show. Right. So, so I feel like this is just a good game that just happens to be in the 80s. That's it. Nice. I like that description. So let's just look at a little history of this. The game was released worldwide to arcades on September 20th, 1986. It was the third in Sega AM2's sprite scaler-based games, and the last two being, as George mentioned, Hang On and Space Harrier. And the game is notable for its excellent soundtrack, which was composed by Hiroshi Kagaguchi, Kawaguchi. And uh, he goes by the name Hiro, because I'm sure he knows that people like me might butcher his name. And the soundtrack's usually the first thing that comes to people's mind when they think of OutRun, when they talk about OutRun. It's just, it's such a laid back soundtrack, uh, using, I guess you could say, like popular 70s, 80s 
of Japanese jazz fusion with some Latin Caribbean style influences. And the original game featured three, three tracks during gameplay, Passing Breeze, Splash Wave, and Magical Sound Shower, while Last Wave played while you completed the game. And so it's also notable saying that uh, OutRun was the first game to allow you to select music tracks. So, you know, I, I know the game, it's great to play, but the music, we got to talk about the music first. So, George, what, what do you think sets it apart from most games? I mean, well, we have a we'll talk about the list of games that came out at the time, but like, I didn't feel like the the music was up to par. Like, this sounded like literally a stereo, like as close to stereo sound in 1986. Like, this is like the year that Zelda came out. Like, Zelda's a great game, but like, when you put Outrun next to it, there's like it's like in a graphical leap or like a technical standpoint, it's like a huge leap in gaming. I think. Oh, for sure. And I mean, it's, it, it just, the quality speaks for itself, obviously. But then when you look at how influential it's been um, on modern composers, I know the, the movie Drive has music inspired by OutRun. Um, exactly, yeah. And we've also seen Data Discs release it. It wasn't their first release, which actually surprised me, because I think if you're going to make an album, a Sega album, Outrun's the first one you do. I, I think the first one was uh, Streets of Rage, and I think they did it because they got Yuzo Kishiro to help them uh, re do the remasters. Right, right, of course. Yeah, but, but this uh, one, so good. No, 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 that's that's what I had to say. <laughs> I was going to say, what's your favorite track out of all three of these tracks? I'm going to have to go with Magical Sound Shower. Oh, I'm, I'm a total... I, you know what? I hear magi Magical Sound Shower, like from everybody everybody's like that's the best one and i'm like but passing breeze like i don't passing know i really like that song yeah i mean whichever one you pick you're a winner but uh ma magical sound shower i can see what you mean it's not as mellow if anything it sounds like something that would play during fantasy zone oh yeah it does yeah <laughs> and it actually at least it, it's it's got some beat to it so they actually i believe it's in samba de amigo or I know it is because it was one of the one of the songs I would play repeatedly on super hard. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, but um, yeah, of course you do. I mean, you're a Samba de Amigo fanboy, which we'll probably be doing an episode of Samba de Amigo one day. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, so I, I thought it would be interesting to read this quote from Hero that uh, that you dug up when we decided that we were going to use the arranged version of the original music. I sure wondered what kind of concept I should use. I wondered if I should try to make it as close as possible to the original. I also wondered if I should go for a completely different approach. Well, I finally told myself that it was all <laughs> it was all right as long as it sounded cool, so I let myself go free composing this version. I'm pretty sure that everyone has their own image about the game, but please just accept the fact that this is indeed the BGM for OutRun 96 version. I like the song Passing Breeze, the best among the four titles that I had arranged. At first, I liked Magical Sound Shower, but this Passing Breeze is really good. The melody that makes you feel sorrowful and the atmosphere, it is hard to explain how great the song is. Splash Wave was completed with techno flavor since the other project was going on at the same time with Splash Wave, was the music with techno touch. <laughs> also, I arranged Last Wave being conscious to make it fresh. Please listen to the song at the end of summer when you are all by yourself in the dusk at the beach. 
These songs are revived versions of the songs I made 10 years ago, but they still sound great after a little arrangement. If I mentioned that I am now interested in arranging other songs, I might end up with more work, I guess. Well, this work is like my hobby, so I don't mind doing it anyway. So he was talking about some rearranged versions that he did uh, 10 years later, correct? Yes, yes, yes. And I, what do you think, like, uh, especially about uh, Last Wave, do you feel like it has that nostalgia uh, when you used to be on summer vacation as a kid feel to it? It's a little sad. It's, um, yeah, it definitely has a nostalgic vibe. Uh, when he said, and, you know, it, it makes total sense when he says, listen to the song at the end of summer, because the, the end of summer, it's sad for a lot of people, you know? I like fall. But having said that... Um, you know, I think in in America's school system, it's like t- to me the last day of summer means the last the last day I'm on vacation and I have to go back to school. I don't know if that's like how it is in the East Coast, but here we have the three months. I don't know if you guys do that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And it's but but you know, I think it really works well when you. I mean, I don't think he was thinking this, but when you think of it in context to the game, you just played this fun game. You may have won, you may have lost, but you had a good time. And this this melancholy song is playing. Now, what do you do? Do you get up and leave, or are you like thinking, "Man, I want to relive that." And unlike real life, where summer ends and you gotta wait a year, or you gotta wait half a year, with with um, Outrun, you put another quarter in the machine and you play again. So I, I'm not saying he was intentionally being manipulative, but I think it's pretty brilliant that sort of when you think of it that way, <laughs> you know. And he also agreed with me that Passing Breeze is the best song. So uh, if you don't like, if you like Magical Sam Shower, go eat a dick. <laughs> I was in this. Probably should censor that one. <laughs> So. While people in this time period will probably categorize Outrun as a racing game, uh, Yuzuzuki said that the game is more of a driving game. And I don't know, I think that's up for debate with some people, but because I mean, you're still technically racing against the clock. But a lot of people, and a lot of like Japanese developers at this time were always making up their own genres. <laughs> so it's up for debate, but I, I guess a driving game would be good. But I kind of felt like it wasn't a driving game technically. Because, I mean, you're still racing, you're not just driving, but uh, this is what he said. Um, uh, The game had a third-person perspective, had you uh, racing in a Ferrari Testarossa Spider, which is probably the most iconic thing for a lot of people in this game, the Ferrari license. Because, I mean, Ferraris just scream cool, classy, especially in the 80s. After every... uh, So the the point of the game is to reach a checkpoint during the time that gives you, and then when you get to the checkpoint there's a fork on the road making you choose to either go left or right and this is actually where the game kind of twisted the gameplay they did before on hang on and this time if you go left you get a different uh stage if you go right you get a different stage you go uh, left was the easier path right was the harder path and when all is said is in uh, when all is said and done you get to play 14 different looking stages and you get to unlock five endings and uh, have you ever unlocked all the endings on this game? No, I haven't. However, thanks to 3D Outrun, I definitely have seen a lot more of them than I ever have in the arcade. And uh, they're pretty hilarious. 
yeah, they're like a nice little, um, I guess, bonus for uh, going through it. I think it's pretty interesting, though, that they, uh, they let you just choose your difficulty. I, that's not something a lot of arcade games did at the time. It was just really hard, and that's it. You deal with it. Or it was super easy, and you just wasted a quarter, I guess. Right, but, uh, right. Uh, I, I did want to mention, you, you talked about it being a driving game, but... You know, it also could be said to be a racing game, even though Yu Suzuki doesn't consider it that. Do you think that if Yu Suzuki had complete control, this game wouldn't have a timer? I think he, yeah, I think so, because it felt like he always wanted this to be a game where you could just relax. And while he says, yeah, it's a relaxing game, not really. Like, <laughs> you have to get there at a certain time, that's already stressful. Then you have these vehicles that are in your way, and they're like, super annoying i think one of the best features of the 3ds one is that you could take away cars no you, it's not the option to take away cars you, if you make it easy there's mm -hmm. no cars on the road so it technically is a driving game with a timer and you can put the timer as high as you want so it just makes it less stressful if you really want a real driving outrun game oh for sure and i was going to mention that too I, I i wonder what you suzuki thinks of the 3d outrun just because and i'm talking about the 3ds one not the uh <laughs> the Sega Master System one. Um, just because, like you mentioned, it, it strips away those things that makes it more of a racing game, more of an arcade experience, and to be honest, less uh, relaxing. Not, the, not to say that the game can't be relaxing, but if you really want to complete it, you're not going to be relaxed, unfortunately. <laughs> so, what is your opinion on this? Like, I feel like in the 80s, a lot of arcade games still get a lot of, like, cred, I guess. Like, you see people talk about Pac-Man. Pac-Man's always going to be legendary. Space Invaders. I feel like people always gloss over OutRun. Like, they don't really, like, appreciate it, I guess. And I guess I it's a, think... for a lot of arcade games. I don't think they understand it, to be honest. I feel like when you the ones you mentioned, I feel like those are for those um, people who want to sit there sweating over the joystick, popping in quarter after quarter. It's, um, it's... Those games you mentioned, they have very strict rules. You're confined to one board. It's very, I guess, two-dimensional. And I don't mean that in the graphical sense, but in just the way it's laid out. You know, you're looking at a flat board. You're moving around. There isn't any real discovery to be had. Um, it's not as though when Pac-Man enters the right of the screen, it shifts over to a new board. And again, I love those games you mentioned. However, it's... it's um, I feel like OutRun is better than those games. It's it's a smarter game. It's a more three-dimensional game. Uh, and I feel like people just weren't ready for it at the time, which can be said of a lot of Sega titles. Like, I, I, I we still want to make sure, like, the game did well for Sega, obviously. If not, oh, oh, for sure. It made a lot of money. It just feels like when people talk about legendary games, this one's like goes under the radar, that, in, at least in mainstream press. So one of the things that Sega AM2 arcade games had was a reputation for their usually large arcade cabinets, and OutRun was no different. And so Sega released the game in four different cabinets, which included two upright cabinets and two sit-down ones. And the cabinet that is most remembered is the OutRun Deluxe cabinet that moved depending on the actions on the screen. OutRun went on to become one of the best-selling arcade games of the year, with 20,000 units sold within 1986 and had 30,000 cabinets up and running worldwide as of 1994. 
What do you think about that? Twenty. I mean, thirty thousand seems like a low number for an arcade game, but you got to imagine these things are making money year after year. Right. People are plopping quarters, and the fact that like uh, what I've noticed in a lot of arcade games is that people will have them, and then the next year they'll sell the ones they had, and then they would flip them, and then they would buy the new arcade games. Like everybody wanted the new arcade games. The fact that it's, I mean, the fact that it was still thirty thousand units operating in 1994 like what like I'm almost going to be 8 years after the the original came out that's pretty that's pretty crazy yeah it is pretty crazy and it doesn't surprise me because I I feel like I've seen that same thing with Daytona USA that's a another Sega driving game that's been out there for years I can go to a Dave and Busters and you know maybe four out of five times there will be a Daytona USA up and running so it, it just says something about the longevity of Sega games. Having said that, I have not seen that many outruns in the wild. I think I've, I've seen an, an upright one, obviously, at Galloping Ghost Arcade. Then again, you can see just about everything at Galloping Ghost Arcade, so that's kind of cheating. Yeah, but, that's cheating. <laughs> but uh, that number, though, 30,000 cabinets up and running as of 1994, is pretty crazy when you think of, you know... How many states are there? How many countries are there where they have the economy set up and I guess the um, the culture of arcade gaming? And then you break it down to how many maybe cities or states there are or, or territories. You know, it's... Not, you know, not it's, surprisingly, I was going to say, not surprisingly, yeah. uh, the game actually did really well in the UK. Like, it was like, when they was ported to the, I think, the Commodore or something, one of those systems... It, it sold like 200,000 units in a, in a week in the UK only. Mm-hmm. So the UK seemed to be like their bread and butter for this game. So I'm assuming that a lot of UK listeners are probably big fans of OutRun. Oh, for sure. I, I feel like a lot of French listeners, if there are any, definitely love OutRun. But um, which uh, have you ever played the deluxe arcade cabinet? I haven't. It's, um, I'm trying to think. I think it's the only... Sega AM2 arcade game that I've not played the du- deluxe cabinet of. See, I haven't. I, I've only. I've never even seen it in the wild. That's the sad part. And I really, really want to play it, and I really want to own it. Yeah. That's like one of the arcades that I'm always keeping an eye for. But like, first of all, it's probably super rare to find in the wild. And second of all, like finding it that it works, since the deluxe arcade cabinet had hydraulics in it with that moved seat. Yeah. So. It's, it's kind of big, so it's going to take a lot of room. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, I mean, even if you get a broken one, you can sit down and, like, move your body from side to side, I guess. And pretend it works? Yeah, yeah. You want to... I just buy a broken one. How about I just sit in my chair right now and you just make all the outrun sounds? <laughs> and that, that will work out. But, um, yeah, I can do that. I played, I played the upright one. It's not the same. It's not the same. It still feels nice, but it's not the same. But there's, there's so many opportunities to play the game. I mean, outside of ports, there's been, you know, individually developed versions of the game for just about, geez, every piece of hardware at the time. Uh, just going through some of them, the Master System, the Genesis, the Game Gear, the uh, Commodore 64, you know, the um, IBM, ZX Spectrum, just about all those crazy computers, GBA, PS2, uh, Dreamcast, when you think... Uh, I guess Yusuzuki Gameworks and um, Shenmue, I've heard of that game. So, you've got your options. 
Yeah, you do have... This is probably one of the most ported games for Sega. I want to say ever, because Sonic the Hedgehog 1 is uh, pretty high up there. Yeah. Um, but I was going to ask you, since we talked about all this uh, cabinet talk, there's a lot of spin-offs for this game. Which one is your favorite? And I just want to tell Reed, I just want to tell listeners that while people don't consider Turbo Outrun and Outrunner spin-offs, I do. I only consider Outrun and Outrun 2 legit games. I don't care what people say. They're too different to be Outrun main games, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So... Let's just pretend that Outrunners and Turbo Outrunner spinoffs. Which one is your favorite spinoff? I'm going to have to go with... This is going to be a weird one. Outrun 3D. All right, I'm out of here. This is a pretty good <laughs> podcast, guys. Thank you for listening. <laughs> no, I, I just... I think, at least on a technical level, I think it's a really interesting game to try with the 3D glasses. I think it's definitely a precursor to what they perfected on 3D Outrun. Uh, for the 3DS, and it's, I mean, when I first played it, I didn't think much of the Master System, this was before I owned one, and I tried it, and I was pretty amazed that what the Master System could do, you know, especially with OutRun being in 3D. Um, so I guess I'd say it's my favorite in terms of spin-offs, just in that technical sense. Um, but what what <laughs> what answer were you looking for? Well, my answer was Outrunners. I feel like that one captured the spirit of the game more. I mean, the original, I feel like, uh, I don't know, like I felt like Turbo Outrun and a few of the other ones didn't have that laid-back vibe, colorful vibe that they had. So that, that that's the one I would go with. That's even a good though it pick. wasn't even, yeah, that's a good pick, I think, right? Yeah, for sure. I was actually going to say Outrunners second, um, but... You know. I was just looking at the list here, what they consider a spinoff, and they put Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast, which is literally just Outrun 2 expansion pack, so no. But, Who's uh, saying this? I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry. Don't oh, look at man. the Wikipedia entry, guys. You're just going to get mad. No, because, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm look- and I also looked at it here. Mega Magazine gave uh, Outrunners port a 20% out of 100. Get out of here. Maybe the Genesis port wasn't that good. I only played in arcades. <laughs> I was lucky enough to have a, a one physically somewhere near me. So, but not Outrun Deluxe. What's up with that? So you so had to th- drive. You had to drive to get to Outrun, so you could pretend to drive, right? <sighs> hey, welcome, welcome to the future in the early '90s, I guess. <laughs> um, I was gonna say. Um, all right, let's talk about some of the notable games that came out in 1986. This will give you a picture of the environment that Outrun lived in, I guess. Uh, these games came out in 1986. You might have heard of some of them. These are the notable ones. The Legend of Zelda, Dragon Quest, Metroid, Adventure Island, Castlevania, Kid Icarus, and Sega's Alex Kid in Miracle World all made their debut this year. And... Uh, I have. The, I, I know people are gonna give me crap for this, but I have to say I think Alex Kidd is the worst game out of all these. <laughs> and I know people are gonna be like, "No, Alex Kidd is great." I just was not a huge Alex Kidd fan, I guess. Um, I maybe Kid Icarus. I don't know. I never played it. Is that one a bad game? Kid Icarus is all right. No, Kid, okay. Kid Icarus is good. It's um, eh, I don't know. I'd say out of all the ones you mentioned, I would say Adventure Island and maybe Metroid are my favorites. 
Okay, I was gonna say that you disliked them. I was like, Castlevania is a pretty cool game too. Yeah. I was gonna say I, I actually have a little soft spot for Adventure Island. I don't know what it is. I used to play with my cousin growing up, so I, I can't hate on it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting though. You you these games you listed off. Some of them I think are just iconic games for their genre, like The Legend of Zelda, uh, Metroid, and then some of them are just trying to ape off others' styles, like. Alex Kidd and Miracle World basically trying to be Sega's Mario. Um, I have nothing against Castlevania or Kid Icarus, so I'm just not mentioning those. <laughs> but uh, um, but Outrun, yeah. So, I mean, even just compared to racing games of the time, Outrun was by and far so much more amazing, just technically, of course, though you didn't race anyone. Yeah, and uh, I looked into what other arcade games came out in 86, and I might be, at the list I look might be missing some. So if somebody, if there was a bigger arcade game release in 86, let me know. But it seemed to me that Outrun was like the big cheese game of 86, like at least what I looked at, because it also won awards. I was looking at the awards. I think it won best arcade game of 86, which obviously deserves it. I think it kind of pushed that whole genre forward. Like I said, the multiple paths it kind of made it feel like you're in an open world something that was never really seen you got to imagine like four years before this people were playing atari games and some of those games were very like rushed out products very bare bone oh yeah there were some great games but a lot of them felt like they were bare bone and that lot led to the crash so this is a big step i think plus nintendo's legendary and square or no enix i forget you know they merge now. Mm-hmm. Dragon Quest is a huge game too. So it's a 1986 was a huge year for gaming. Period. For sure, probably the biggest one in in the 80s. I would say. You know, Yu Suzuki. He was inspired by a lot of things that weren't usually video games, and so Outrun was inspired by the 1981 movie, The Cannonball Run. Yes. Which featured a race across Europe in a bunch of fancy cars, and so. Just keep that in the back of your mind. All right, go ahead. Talk about movies. Well, you want to talk about the Cannonball influences first real quick? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I guess Yu Suzuki, if he had his uh, way, he would have delayed OutRun and he would have put in selectable characters and things like that. That's kind of what I liked OutRunners for because they kind of did that. They added uh, characters you could select in different vehicles. Um but apparently they didn't have enough time or something, so they just went with the bare basic. So, I don't know. I think it worked out better for them. I mean, do you think you needed selectable characters, Barry? No, I really don't. And even, you know, having played uh, Power Drift, where they have selectable characters, it's almost a hassle for me. I'm like, eh, pick one. Go ahead. I want to play the game. It's not necessary. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. It's just get in the game and it's... Do, like arcade, what are, like what were they gonna do? Like make them have different stats? Yeah. No, this game was supposed to be chill, relaxed, and uh, that's part of it, I think. But um, so it's two of the movies that influenced Sega that were popular in 1986, and if you lived in 1986, you probably remember these movies, or if you watch old movies. <laughs> um, a- I'm just gonna put I put Aliens and Top Gun on here because Aliens totally. Uh, influenced Sega with, you know, Alien Syndrome, which was just announced for the 3DS Classics. Mm-hmm. And Top Gun obviously influenced Afterburner, and that's very obvious. 
Right, of um, course. And that's why I brought up Cannonball Run, just because, I mean, we could sit here and speculate, oh, you know, Top Gun might have influenced him. No, Yu Suzuki was very much a man influenced by many things that typically weren't video games. I feel like he wasn't even, I mean, I think he liked video games, but I don't think it was the first thing that he enjoyed doing recreationally. Mm-hmm. No, and I read interviews with him, and he didn't even play video games. He was He's like a painter. He has like hobbies. And yeah. I think a lot of these early people aren't video game fans. Like I, That's something I've noticed right now with a, a lot of the industry. Like have you, know, you probably see this all the time when you go on the internet. I mean, we look for news all the time. So when you see somebody bring up a project, and it's like somebody's remaking Sonic Adventure on Unreal, Tournam- I mean, Unreal Engine 4, and you're like, yeah. cool, this is never going to be finished. <laughs> because we know these are just gamers that have nostalgic feelings for this particular game. And they don't really have the design talents to design a game from scratch with original concepts and characters. So they're right. just going to rip off this game, re- show off their coding talent, which is fine. But it's it just seems like a lot of people get, put a lot of emphasis where like, I like games so I can make a game. It takes a little more than that to come up with an original concept. You got to pull from somewhere else. And I feel like he I- did that a lot. Yeah, and I feel like modern game designers, um, especially when they're being educated, you know, they're going through school, I feel like they need to have their computers and their video games taken away for a month, like a good month, and tell them develop a game just from, just go experience life, do anything but play a video game, okay? (laughs) Because I feel like there's so many games and they're good, they're great, but I always feel like they're either being inspired by Mario or Sonic, like even to the point where they're dropping in all these references. And I love that stuff, but you look at what Yu Suzuki did with OutRun, and it's just, it's so obvious that this is a man who was not, who was looking elsewhere for inspiration, even if it's a movie, you know? And uh, a lot of people that love Japanese gaming always mention like, um, oh, AM2, I love AM2. They're one of my favorite studios. That's when Japanese gaming was great. I just find it funny that like, uh, almost all of AM2's games were influenced by something from the West. So they were all trying to be Western games. Like yeah. Outrun is obviously Cannonball. Then we had Afterburner, Top Gun. So th- and none of them have Japanese style at all. Like I guess Japanese style and the fact that they created the style that wasn't there. And they're from right. Japan. That's why it made a Japanese style. But how do you feel about that? Like, Do you consider these Japanese games or do you feel like they're just games that were made in Japan? I think they're games made with the idea of appealing to everyone worldwide. I mean, I I don't think you can, unless you live in a country where cars are are scarce, you know, um, or you, you just, you know, you're in poverty or something. I feel like anyone can get behind the wheel of a car and they have that kind of that same feeling when they see that open road you know that's something that i don't feel is a japanese thing and do you feel like outrun needs the ferrari license to be successful because that's like that's a big yeah that was my answer to i was gonna say there's a big controversy right now since sega is not paying for the ferrari license and they had to pull a bunch of their games off of steam the Sega 3D Classics re-release does not have the Ferrari brand. And I gave it a high score, the Sega 3D 3D Classic port, because I like I mentioned, there's a lot of options for the game and you could do a lot of stuff you could never do on any other version of the game. So I gave it a high score and somebody, some people told me that I shouldn't have gave it a high score because the Ferrari license wasn't in the game. And I feel like that's kind of a cop-out because 
Did you play the game for the Ferrari license, Barry? No. I didn't even know what Ferrari was. <laughs> exactly. Neither did I. And I'm, sh- I'm sure there's some people in the world that did. But I wasn't one of them for sure. And I feel like it doesn't need the Ferrari license. And I feel like if they're moving forward, they should just drop the Ferrari license, honestly. If it's going to cause legal headaches. And I feel like Ferrari should be proud of this game and should want everybody to play it. Because it puts their brand in high esteem, I think. Oh, no. And I totally agree. But... Uh, I mean, we could close it up right here. Anything you want to add about it? Uh, I guess if if you've never played Outrun, do yourself a favor uh, and play it now. Like, if you have a 3DS, you have no excuse. If you have (laughs) uh, just about any piece of hardware, you're probably going to find a version of Outrun on it. So play it. That's what I've got to say. And if you guys love this show, uh, go ahead and give us a subscribe on iTunes soundcloud or whatever other services this thing is on (laughs) and if you have any questions or comments or you want to add anything to the show uh give us an email at segabits at gmail.com put sega talk on the on the header and uh thanks for listening guys thanks
Warning! This disc is for use only on Sega Dreamcast.